Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti. I've got a friend, Stephen Oshlager. Um, and I don't even know how to spell that, but... Most people don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is, is that why, when, when you were in high school, didn't people just call you O? Osh. Osh. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, yep. Yeah, There's know. a good reason for that. There's a good reason for that. Oshlager. What a yeah, crazy yeah, name. Anyway, but I've known you since high school. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you are no longer in high school. Um, and, and I'm not the age that I was <laughs> when I knew you anyway. But we've, we've stayed in contact for years. You've moved and, and gone to a lot of different places. You're mm-hmm. out on the East Coast now. But you came back in for a particular event um, that kind of sparked a conversation that I wanted to have on Training for Manhood. Uh, and that is um, a great coach that uh, kind of spoke a lot of life into you, recently passed away. Um, and when those events happen, um, it's the idea of saying kind of, um, you know, where's, where's my life, right? Mm. You, get to, you get to look at the value of a man's life and you get to kind of think about it. And then I think hopefully what it does is it asks you the same questions of, mm. hey, when I'm there, right? When they lay me to rest, mm-hmm. right? What are people going to, who's going to be there? What are people going to be saying about me? And I just know that at our ages, it's not a common occurrence for us mm. to ask that question. Um, and so I thought, you know what, let's, let's have the conversation. Let's ask the question. Let's look at it and wrestle with it. And um, I gave you a verse that we were kind of talking about earlier, and it's out of Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 7, uh, verse 1. And I want to read it and just kind of set up this conversation for us. Um, but in Ecclesiastes 7, 1, it says, um, this is Solomon um, writing, and, and he's giving you a context of what life is like without God, uh, but he's giving you some good meat and potatoes anyway, so mm-hmm. you have to kind of take it into context. But he says, a good name is better than precious ointment, right, which is the same thing out of Proverbs 22, 1. Um, but then he says this, he goes, um, and the day of death better than the day of birth. And most people would be like, what? Like, that's kind of weird. But what he means by that is when you're born, you're given a name, okay? And, and you were given that really long name that I remember <laughs> seeing it on the back of your uniform that actually kind of wrapped around yep. you know, <laughs> from the front to the back, yeah, right? Like a, yeah, Oshlager's. Crescent Moon. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but you were given a name, okay? And then um, when you die, people evaluate what you did with that name, and so this is what Solomon is saying, is that concept is that day's better because you've done something with what you've been given, yeah. right? Everybody is given a name, but what, what does that even mean? But when you die, people evaluate, what did you do with that name? And that's kind of what life is all about. Yeah. And so in that, in that conversation, right, you just went to a funeral of a, of a wonderful man who did something well with his name. Um, yeah. what, what was that like for you just to kind of see that? And what, what are the thoughts that are kind of running through your head that we want to kind of share with some young men? Oh, absolutely. Thank you, by the way. This is great. I'm, finally, yeah. I'm glad we got to do this. My pleasure. I'm so happy. <laughs> um, because it's been in the works for a while. And it, 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 yeah. 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 We'll say this. So we'll get back to that conversation. Yeah. But you, uh, you and my son, um, Parker especially, mm-hmm. um, were two guys that really pushed me to do the podcast. Um, I've always wanted to write this as a book. Mm. Um, and you know, young men don't read books anymore. (laughs) 
Yep, and podcast so, or right. Audible. Yeah, Par- Parker was like, hey, Dad, make it a podcast, and you know, guys will give you 20 minutes walking across campus. Yep. Um, and I remember talking to you and saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast, and you're like, do it. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I said I was Pulled the trigger. thinking about it, right? Yep. And you're just like, do it, mm-hmm. right? Just do it. And so you've been you know, very instrumental in kind of pushing me into this. So uh, if it's not going well, part of it is <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I thought about that. Exactly. Like, I'm like, man, if this crash and burns, we'll probably, probably delete my number. <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm so happy to be here. And yeah, Coach Hall was, um, he's just a good man, mm-hmm. um, consistent. And I think it was ironic that, uh, you know, for the past three years, you've texted me, I think in the first week or so of the new year, mm-hmm. uh, hey, what's your what's year? Your, what's your word for the word year? Word for the year, yep. And uh, this year I told you it was measured. Um, and that's probably the word I've used most to describe Coach Hall uh, okay. this past weekend. Is he's just the most impressive thing about that guy surviving cancer I think that was his third time uh going through that and and I can't imagine the the, the energy and the, and the strength it takes to fight uh but even through those moments and through life he's just he was always just so balanced he was just a balanced guy yeah. same person consistent every day day in and day out and there's a few men like you're one of those men in my life who I know what I'm gonna get and the surprises are always good surprises because um, they're, they're always looking for opportunities to bless people. So yeah. they want to be consistent and measured and, and balanced for the people around them. But when they see opportunities to do more, they always step in and do more. And so that was kind of the thing that I always noticed about Coach Hall is, is he just – he led uh, – he was a servant leader. Mm-hmm. That was one of his biggest qualities. He, he always wanted to make sure people were taken care of. Um, if he he was very in tune with – uh, identifying body language and, and people who might be having a hard time, and he never hesitated to to take a moment to bring them off to the side and say, "Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's 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 work through it." And you, you felt like he genuinely cared. Yeah. And so, yeah, pro- probably because he did. <laughs> right, and he definitely did. And I think that's one thing yeah. that I've 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 reflected myself is like people, <sighs> like a situation like this uh, where we have been talking over the years and encouraging, like encouraging you to do this. And people have to feel like you care about them. Like once people feel like you care about them, that's when the relationship grows. And so figuring out like when that's happened or, or, or how to, how to serve that other person and make them feel genuinely cared for is, is something that you learn over time. Because uh, you learn it through failing, <laughs> so yeah. uh, you learn it through not caring about people and and hurting others and and dis- disappointment, you know, that you might create by not caring about somebody. And you learn, oh wow, okay, don't do that again, you know. Yeah, like take another opportunity and, and do it different. Like actually um, put yourself, make yourself less important. So, so one of the things and and. I think this is important. We've we've talked about this, just the importance of having good people around you. Mm. Um, who do you surround yourself with? There's a, a quote out there that became super popular, and I think a lot of people have used something similar to this um, that I kind of wanted to throw out as a, as a part of our conversation because I think that, you know, the idea <clears throat> when you go to a funeral and you start evaluating life um, and, you know, you're 34, mm-hmm. right? I'm 52, about to be 53. You look great. I, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you look great for a 70-year-old. I appreciate that, Stephen. Um, but, but the idea of, you know, when, when my funeral happens, who are the people that are going to be around me and what are they going to say? I think, I think the concept is it's, it's hard to think about that because we think it's so far away, but it really is the, 
the culmination of all the decisions that you're making now, you're just seeing the equation played out. Mm. So it's not it's not like, you know, at the end of your life, a bunch of different people that you've never met are going to be there. Yeah. They're the people that are going to be there that you've consistently made relationships mm. with, right? That you've poured into, that have poured into you, right? So so that's the concept. But but this particular quote, I think, is an interesting kind of um, a jump off of that. And I just want to. I want to see about what you think about it mm-hmm. and see if it's kind of similar where I am. Anyway, this is a guy. Um, it says uh, Adam uh, Callanan. He's the co-founder and CEO of Bottle Keeper. Um, apparently, this you know kind of went viral a number of years ago, whatever. He says, this is his quote. He says, one of the most valuable lessons I learned from my father growing up was that we are all guilty by association. In other words, we're the average of the people that we spend the most time with. If you want to be a drug dealer, surround yourself with drug dealers. If you want to be a millionaire, surround yourself with millionaires. This goes uh, for surrounding yourself with people who are caring, generous, et cetera, uh, and has really carried uh, into the kinds of friends and professional networks uh, that I am to keep. And so that, that concept, and I've heard it before, you know, people have said you're the average of your five closest friends. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of looking at that, and I'm kind of like, I get what you're saying, Mm. Right. But I think there's something more to it mm-hmm. than just that. What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think there's definitely more. I feel um, that's a little, I think, simplistic. I think relationships are a lot more complex. Um, I try to train my kids. I think it's great. Yeah. Surround yourself with who you want to be or, or, you know, if you want to be more successful, surround yourself with more successful people. That's great. Um, but don't just be influenced by them. Yeah. Don't let their life become your life. Don't let who they are become who you are because your identity is separate and unique from them. You're the most important thing. And I, since I have a, a thousand kids at my house, <laughs> um, I'm always having lessons with my kids. And so I usually fall back on, you know, what I've gone through with my kids. And so with my kids, my older, I've, um, my older three are almost 12, 10, and 8. Uh, so they understand a little bit more complex, you know, topics mm-hmm. like yep. this, where yep. it's like we're starting to see them hang out with their friends and and get influenced by their friends, and uh, you know, we notice that the activity, the activities that we have them, like if they have a chore or if they're, you know, we usually just want them to be helpful around the house. We've noticed that when their friends come around, oh wow, you're less helpful now. That's weird. You're you're being less observant uh, because you're so focused on the time that you're spending with your. Friends sure. and their friends are great. Like we love them. They they're at our house every day. But my point to them is like, hey, your self awareness needs to be uh, a priority in the sense that you just you need to be aware of where you can serve and and how you're interacting with your environment um, and and recognizing uh, what that environment is doing to you and what your presence is doing to that environment because your even just being present somewhere, you're having an effect. It's just a physical nature of our existence. Like yep. you don't have to be talking or be moving. You're phys- causing energy. So like, I want my kids to know, hey, um, yes, who you surround yourself with is important, but it's even more important to know who you are. Yep. Like who are you? Or do you like yourself? Like are you okay with yourself? Are you okay with the decisions you're making? Are you okay with how you think about things? You know what I mean? Like learn learn how to evaluate and self-reflect uh, on your life before you think even think about pursuing a, another life that somebody else has, yeah. right? Because that 
even though you might pursue that, when you get to that point where that person is, that's going to look dramatically different because you're a different person than that person. Yeah. You know, it's funny. When my kids were younger and they would go over to other people's homes, one of the things that they noticed is, um, Dad, nobody else does chores, right? You know, so if I, you know, if my kid ate dinner Same. at somebody else's yeah. house, yep. right? Nobody cleaned up the dishes, right? You know, like the mom mm-hmm. cleaned up the dishes, but the kids never helped out. And so when my kids were younger, they pushed back on, well, why do we have to do mm-hmm. that if other people aren't doing it? Right, which mm-hmm. my standard response and my kids would tell you is like, well, I'm not raising them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? You're, you're my kids, not them. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I can't be responsible yep. for kids that I know. But it's funny because about the time we got, they got into high school and now in college, it's a very different thing for them. Now they see when they go to different places – Right, that they have a responsibility and an opportunity to do something, and it bothers them when other people don't. <laughs> right, and they've realized it's like, well, they haven't been trained like we've yeah. been trained. Yeah. So now they have a, an opportunity to show people what it looks like to serve and what it looks awesome. like what it looks like to clean up and what it looks like to. So when they were younger, they kind of resented it. Sure. And now when they're older, they actually appreciate it, and they see, oh, well, here's a, here's a weird thing. Like those decisions that I now have are a series of decisions that were forced on me sure. when I was young and I didn't want to do them. Yeah. But now it's just part of who I am. And so I think that, yeah. that interesting thing for me, it's like, you know, this quote, if you want to be around, if you want to be wealthy, be around wealthy people. My thing is always, well, how did they get wealthy in the first place? Right. You want to know how it works. Right. So, mm-hmm. but, the, but the concept is, is I, I know plenty of people who have money and some of them did it in ways that I would not want to do it. Yes. Some of them did it in <laughs> yeah. ways that I would appreciate. Yeah. And so those decisions that they've made, if I don't know that, Right, just seeing the mm-hmm. end product and saying, "Hey, I want the end product." Mm-hmm. Well, are, are you willing to take the shortcuts that this guy took to get wealthy, or are you willing to work hard like this guy, yeah. right, to get wealthy? And and I think that's the thing that we don't understand mm. is when we just looked at the end product of a person, we don't realize that there's a lot of different decisions that go into that particular end product. Not all of them I support. Not all of them I agree with. So what do you what do you, what do you really want? And I think yeah. that's the concept when when you look at you know Coach Hall or mm. you know we we evaluate our own lives and say what kind of man do I want to be? Um, who are the people that are going to be around me? It is a, a series of a million decisions a day, small yeah. decisions that yeah. seem insignificant, but they mm. add up to a life. Yeah. They, For they, sure. Right. They add up to a life and you go, there's a there's a lot of decisions that <laughs> yeah. you and I make and we talk about it. There's a lot of decisions that you and I make um, that we don't, in a sense, don't really want to have to make, but right. they have to be done. Yes. And I think that's, you know, when I talk about training for manhood, it's not necessarily the big decisions. Yeah. It's the series of a million smaller decisions that are just part of that. Like these are things that you have to do. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that's, um, it's funny because that's, Something I God really woke me up uh, back in 2012. Uh, I remember it vividly. And one of the things that I, I walked away from that uh, experience was don't fall into the "what about me" trap. Mm. What about me? What about me? Because like as a husband, getting overlooked. If you're me? if you're married and you have kids, <laughs> time is yeah. uh, a very valuable commodity, especially your personal time as a man that you need. Uh, to reset, recalibrate, you know, yep. rest. Yep. Uh, I'm at a point where I really only need about 15 minutes a day of isolated, private, you know, alone time. And it's usually laying down on my bed and just closing my eyes for five minutes. Yeah. And then the next 10 minutes of them leaving me alone, coming in, asking me for things. Uh, but it's just, you get that time to yourself. Um, and, and I think when, when, 
you understand how important time is as as a man and and you I guess for me when I when I first got married um I was a moron for a lack of better words uh I I didn't have a good work ethic is, if, is it okay if I get into this real quick yes because it, it helps set up yeah, it helps set the stage all right yeah. uh don't so be, I got I got married too, at 21 don't uh, be too honest no yeah right um <laughs> open, open book someday. uh <laughs> yeah uh I was 21 yeah. we were super we were babies yeah uh no idea what I needed to do to support my wife because I was still in college. She was working. Yeah. So it took a long time for me to figure out how to pour myself out into her life yeah. and learn how to be okay with not expecting anything. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's a yeah. weird concept. So as, a, as a man, like, do the work without the need for recognition. Right. But see, and, and the weird thing is, is when you say that, Right, the average person hears that, and what they think is, then I'm not going to get anything. And 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 the, here's you're right, and that's yeah. the weird, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, if I expect nothing, then I'm not I'm not going to get anything. And and the concept is, is like, I'm always like, okay, so here's the deal. That's what you signed up for. Yeah. Yeah. And and you didn't even know it. Nope. Well, <laughs> right? You like, missed that part of the contract. You, yeah, you yeah. missed that part of the contract. <laughs> you're like, what? You you signed up for right, a hundred percent, where you're invested into the relationship, into yeah. the marriage, into the kids, right, and expecting zero in return. Now. The interesting thing is, is if you've done a good job and you've married well, that mm-hmm. other person has signed up for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so the expectation that you have that I get nothing doesn't mean that the reality is that you get not, nothing. Correct. Right? Because I have a wife who signed up for the same thing, and so she's <laughs> trying to give 100% expecting nothing. Yeah. I'm trying to give 100% expecting nothing. And hopefully what happens is we're both giving 100%, but, yeah. we're, but we're walking away from it expecting nothing and just blessed just, that we actually get something. Well, what happens is you when you do that, it's a be- it's two it's there's two examples of that in scripture. Um, one I believe is in Proverbs somewhere where it's basically believers, if they're loving each other correctly, the gaps that are naturally created are filled mm. without even trying. Yeah. Because if you're constantly concerned for others and uh, the person right behind you are constantly concerned for others yep. and not concerned. Every need, need is met. Yep. Every need is met. Yep. Right. Uh, and the other, the other co- uh, concept that I love that you mentioned is in first Peter, where he throws this question out there. He's like, Hey, what benefit is it? Uh, you don't get rewarded for doing good mm-hmm. when you're expected to do good. He's yep. like, the reward is when you're being persecuted, you're suffering. Yep. Right. And, and then, and you, then you get <laughs> like, something as yeah. right. So, like, if you're just going along and you're you're not challenging yourself, you're yeah. not putting yourself in situations where you're going to grow, you're not going to experience a lot of uh, rewards or a lot of those moments where you're like, well, this is why I'm emptying myself. Because yeah. it's one of the coolest things. It took me so long. And I still, I still mess it up. Like, I'll have a really long day. And one of the things that I do for my wife is every morning, if I have a chance, I'll make her a breakfast sandwich or something egg related. (laughs) And then at night she'll eat something egg related. And, you know, we have six kids, so any day can look crazy. Uh, And and at the end of the night, it's as simple as having a nice way to ask her if she's hungry. Hey, do you want me to make you something to eat? That tone right there is different than, are you hungry? Yeah. Right. So, Learning the differences in communication, totally right? Yeah. Right, but even though I'm trying to serve her, yeah. 
it changes the entire dynamic of the relationship. Yeah. And so if, yeah. if, if she's constantly seeing me work towards serving her and the family and not needing quote, things for myself, yeah. learning how to be happy with the bare minimum that you have in terms of worldly possessions or wants or needs or desires, like golf, I love golf, but that's not in the cards right now. You know what I mean? So I know eventually it, it will be when my kids are older. Yeah. So I'm not going to force it right now. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to reinvest that energy that I would take in that four-hour round, and I'm going to figure out a way to do it in my house. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like figuring out those areas where you can serve, where you can force yourself to be uncomfortable but not always expecting anything in return. Yeah. Because the return is not up to you. The reward is not up to you to, to give to yourself. It's You have to trust that that way of living is is biblical it's christ-centered and it ultimately will be rewarded yeah. uh whether that's on our time on earth uh or not uh so like coach hall i think about him and i'm like man you can just see how he lived his life it's reflected by how many people showed up yeah and, and by how many people just said the same thing about him he just loved people he just loved blessing people and and making himself less important for others. Like he gave so much of himself to so many people. And that's not an easy thing to do when you have your own family. Yeah. You do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you, you, when you mentioned a while, uh, a couple minutes ago that we met at that event. And that was one of the cool, I, I don't think I've told you this, but that was one of the coolest moments because I was at a point in my life where I was so, I was in the ministry, I was doing ministry stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was so disappointed by the experiences I had with older men who'd be like, hey, I want to disciple you. Yeah. And you pulled me aside. We didn't talk for three years. And you're like, hey, I want to be your spiritual dad. I was like, what? <laughs> Where is this coming from? But the one difference uh, about you is you, you were consistent. You would call me maybe once a month, once a week. But I always knew, like, I, I, once you said that, once you said, hey, I want to be your spiritual dad, I was like, in my mind, I'm like, all right, all right whatever. You gave me a book and... Then the next week you called me, and yeah. I was like, oh, that's different. <laughs> Usually the guys who, like, want to reinvest in, invest in, in, in so they want to, like, disciple me would, would say that, and then it just fall off, right? Yep. And here we are, how many years later? Five, maybe? Yeah. I can't even count. But I know I don't, I don't feel weird about us not talking all the time because I know you're going to call, and you know I'll call you yeah. eventually. It's a weird thing, but <laughs> but you you have made it a point to do that, and that's not easy when you have a, a life outside of work, outside of family. It's hard to cultivate those relationships and, and keep those going. So I think on top of understanding how – learning how to serve that servant leadership piece, but also looking for the opportunities to reinvest into other people, like to take what – you know, the opportunity that – I have with you and the, and the things that I've learned from you and not just sitting on it, like actively looking for opportunities to, to help like this, like help other guys or help other yeah. young men who, who may are at the journey where I was at 21, <laughs> like need to hear, hear something that I needed to hear yeah. when I was that age. Well, so going, going back to that quote, I just want to kind of tie this back in. Yeah. But my thing is, you know, he, he says, if you want to be around, if you want to be a drug dealer, be around drug dealers. If you want to be a millionaire, be around millionaires. And my concept is, is that's a great question, though, to ask is mm. what, what kind of man do you want to be? Mm. And are you around those men? Yeah. Do you, do you see those men? Are you one of those men? Are you investing into man. the younger version of who you were? 
to help make that person into the man that you want to be? Because my thing is, you know, a millionaire, it's just it's your yeah. bank account, right? Sure. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, get, I get the concept that he's trying to say, but my thing is there's more to being a man than my bank account, I, yeah. I hope. Um, you know, there's, there's my relationships, not only with the Lord, but with my family. There's my work. And my work isn't just the product that's produced, mm. but it's really the environment that I create while I'm there. It's the work product. It's yeah. how I work. Um, it's who I am when I'm at work. And so my thing is, um, are you mm. around, you know, are there, are there older men that you're looking up to that model that for you? Are there guys your age that you're around that are holding you accountable to mm. that? And then is there a, a young guy or two that, you know, when you remember what your 21-year-old self looked like mm. and you're smacking around a little bit saying, hey, doofus, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. right? Yeah. Stop, stop getting into that argument yeah. with your wife about what she didn't do, Yeah. right? Because, you know, you and I had that same expectation right. You know, of being loved, which means being served, which yeah. means, you know, and it's just like, well, no, no, no. Like, okay, yeah. loving somebody means you serve them. Yes. Right? Who's our example of that? Christ, right? Philippians 2, when he came not to be served, but to serve. So guess what you get to do? Yep. Young guy. That's your life. That's your life. Go serve. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you, you've seen that now, not only in marriage that you have to do it, but you've seen it with your kids. Yeah. Right? Because your kids don't give things back to you. They just take from you. <laughs> Right. And so so now living that out on a yeah. daily basis um, and not being frustrated with it um, and not allowing the energy to be sucked out of you, but going back and finding a way to bring that energy every day to the things that are important to you. Yeah. Right. That, I think the concept that that quote reminds me of is I can't do this alone. Yeah. I need some older guys to look up to. I need some guys around me who are doing it. And I need some younger guys to be pouring into and so one of, the, one of the reasons that you and I have the relationship that we have um, is because I need to be constantly reminded mm. of the things that I know are important, so I have to say yep. them to somebody. Sure, sure, sure. Yep. <laughs> you have to get because, them out there. Right, because as I, <laughs> as I say them to you, yeah. I have to listen to them as well. Yep. And if I'm going to Correct. say them, yes. yeah. I have to live them. Yes. Because I can't just say, hey, Stephen, do as I say, not as I do. Correct. I got to say, Stephen, I'm... I'm trying to live it as well. You've seen me do this. Right. You've seen me do this. Now you do it mm. as well. And I think that's a that's a concept is if you do that yeah. for the next, right, 30, yeah. 40, 50 years of your life, then you and I are going to be at a place, right, when they put us down to rest, mm-hmm. that we're going to be surrounded by men and women, <laughs> young and old, right, that we've poured into, that have poured into us that say, hey, I know his name yeah. when he was born, right, but I see what he made of it, and that's a good name. Yes. And that's kind of the whole goal. Yeah, and I mean, you asked if I, you know, asked if I surround myself, and I think it's, it's not, a, I don't have a straight answer because I sitting here thinking about that uh, as you're talking, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm a, I'm on an island, mm-hmm. um, in terms of where I'm at in my life, I'm I'm an anomaly. I feel like at my age and how many kids I have, mm-hmm. um, so there's not a lot of people my age that can relate to my experience right now. Go so like it's either it's Amish either, community. And right. It's either, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I learned woodworking. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> that's a good Jim Gaffigan joke. Uh, I love that. He's so funny. Anyway. So like most of my f- friends are older. Yeah. Uh, and then the people that are younger, uh, usually they reach out to me yeah. now. I'm at that age. Yep. And then I have friends who, uh, we've been each other's anchors at different parts of our lives. Uh, so right now I think I'm at a stage where, you know, I have four friends that I stay in touch with from high school uh, on a weekly basis. And 
the journey that we've gone through and, and how we've leaned on each other over the years and, and been uh, that source of encouragement, that source of uh, challenging each other. Cause uh, we don't, I don't hold back with my friends, uh, my closest friends. Like if they call me, they know they're going to get my opinion yeah. and, and, I, and whether you like it or not. Um, because you asked, if you asked me for my opinion, you're going to get it because I've learned not to give it when I'm not asked. And so now when I get an opportunity, I'm like, let's go. You're going to get it. Uh, you asked for it. Um, so I think it's so important who you surround yourself with. But I think especially as a young person, um, I mean, these, these, I was, I've been friends with these kids, uh, two of them since middle school. Yeah. And so we know who each other are. You know, as an adult, it's much harder to make friends. <laughs> and it's not really fun. Uh, some of the some of the times because you've created so many habits, you've created so many expectations, and when you try to bring that into somebody else's world and somebody else's realm comes into yours, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, so I understand how difficult it can be to actually uh, want to surround yourself with people who aren't necessarily your carbon copy, but it's one of the most important things you can do is surrounding yourself with people who have different personalities, different different stories, different ideas, even different worldviews. Sure. Um, and I think if I could give advice. To, to young people, um, you know, middle school, high school, even young adults, um, one piece of advice I could say is, is look for uh, people in your life that you can get to know. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be afraid to ask an older guy or an older woman, like, hey, will, will you go get breakfast? Because your story is so fascinating, too. I just want to oh, know more. Yeah. Right? One of the, one of the great life lessons uh, is kind of opening yourself up to learning who other people are, learning about their story. Absolutely. Um, and, and here's the deal. And, and being disappointed sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know like, what you mean. Like, hey, I met yeah. my hero, and it was disappointing. Oof, yeah. Right? Um, I or like I, I met a guy that I didn't like, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden I realized, oh, well, that's a totally different story than I thought. Right. Right? I tell my kids this all the time. You know, they'll, they'll run into somebody who was mean. And I was like, hey, do you <laughs> yeah. know what their family life yeah. is like? And they're like, oh, Dad, don't do that. You know? And I'm like, I'm not making mm. an excuse. I'm helping you understand. Correct. Right, that if you came from that particular environment, right, you'd probably be mean um, and you know tearing down other people as yeah. well because that's what they get when they go home. Right, and so just you know open yourself to to the reality of, of learning who people are and exploring a little bit of their story, yes. um, and right, not taking snapshots of people's lives, but but seeing the whole movie. Correct. Right. So if you took a snapshot of my life, you know, on this particular day, I'm a terrible person. Snapshot of my life on this particular day, I'm a saint. Well, guess what? I'm probably a little bit of both. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. so watch mm-hmm. watch the whole movie. You yes, know? And exactly. I think that's that's the concept for for us is that idea of um, I want a life to be a story that's well lived. Yeah. Um, and I think you know there are moments we talked about this. There are moments that we get to sit down and kind of evaluate um, what our life is about, mm. and then. Right. The rest of the time, you know, 24, 7, 365 with your six, you know, six yep. kids and I've yep. got four kids. I mean, and we're, we're running and we're constantly and you don't stop and really evaluate. And mm-hmm. I'm just saying uh, for for guys. Yeah. Find times, not just when, it, you know, one of your great coaches passes away. Yeah. Right. Because that, that's a moment that's stuck in there. Awesome. Use it. But maybe find some time. Uh, mine's my birthday. Right. Mm-hmm. Which my family thinks is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> right. Where I stop and I reflect every year. Um, I want to be left alone. Um, I want a quiet place where I can just kind of who think is, about the who year. Who is Dan Panetti? Yeah, who's Dan Panetti? <laughs> How's Dan Panetti done? Right? And, you know, everybody else I meet, I meet their birthday is like, nope. you know, a national holiday. Let's celebrate. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like, oh, man. But I just think it's important, as you yeah. said, right, self-awareness, self-reflection, 
um, the ability to ask questions mm. and, and not wait until I'm, you know, 93 years old and I, you know, I passed away and saying, <laughs> what was my life made of? No, right. But saying, hey, I'm 34. Am I on the right track? Yeah. Am I making the right decisions? Am I investing in the right things? And, mm. right, the course corrections, right, they might be small, but imagine a course correction that's small, but doing that for the next 20 years. Yep. Now it becomes something that's a habit. It becomes part of your life. So what are those course corrections that you need to be making now that are going to be making you into the man that you want to be when you're 70? Yeah. And I think that's, a, that's an important conversation. It's super important um, because if you, don't, if you don't take time to try to identify who you are yep. in, in the different spaces of your life, um, you're going to become what that environment is. Yep. Because just you're, and that, and that goes back to the yeah, quote, right? You become you become the people that you surround yourself with, correct? Right, as opposed to becoming the person that you want to be, right? And that's, you're, a, that's yeah. an important. And I, it's so funny. Like I, I have these conversations almost daily with my kids. Um, you know, my eight year old is very. All their personalities are so different. That's the that's the beautiful thing I think about life is every 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 person is so uniquely different, mm-hmm. but there's so many similarities, but you, you see the personalities. And when you have six kids, it's, it's kind of a fun oh sociological gosh, yes. like yes. experiment where you're like, Every whoa, I know what you're going to struggle with. <laughs> I know what you're going to struggle with. Uh, and my eight-year-old is very uh, easily influenced. Yeah. And so she has a couple friends who are a little bratty, yeah. and we know that, yeah. and we talk to her about it. And she comes home, and sometimes that attitude is projected. And we yeah. go, hey, that's not our Noel. That's yeah. not you. Yeah. And so it's always like, hey, be okay with who you are yep. first, right? And the other thing I would, I would suggest um, in, in terms of like if, if I could give a little advice in terms of tools, right, uh, in terms of a little, some tips that I've, I've uh, incorporated in my life, some uh, habits is, is, you know, yes, who you surround yourself with is important. We've talked about the self-awareness piece. Mm-hmm. One thing you can do that's super helpful, and I don't know if you do this, but and I, and I don't do it every day. It's it's seasons of my life that I need to do this. I will I will take a uh, a small spiral notebook that I can fit in my pocket mm-hmm. or I can carry with me, and I will make it a point that anything impactful during the day that happens, or any impactful thought, any impactful question, anything that I deem like noteworthy, I will I will I will take note. Yeah. And sometimes I will take an inventory of how I feel emotionally. Uh, just one word. And, I, and sometimes I'll do it hour by hour. I'll say 12 to 1. I'll write it down 12 to 1. How did I feel? Uh, crappy. All right, 1 to 2. And then you can kind of – you have a record of, of a day yeah. of the swing of emotions, and then you have a memory connected to that emotion, and you can say, that's what caused that. Why was I stressing about that? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I got through the day. That's great. Like it's a good way to get through the day too if you deal with anxiety um, because – each hour kind of feels shorter because yeah, you're yeah. you're noting it. Um, so journal, you know, that's that's a, an intense journal uh, that that I needed at some points in my life just to really understand the difficult the, the situation I was going through was difficult, and so I wanted to really understand mechanically and, and, and spiritually what I was doing, you know, to to either help myself or. Uh, you know what I was doing to hurt the situation, or you know what I mean? It's right. it's. People probably look at me like you're crazy, like because I'm so analytical. But it's okay. It's okay to be yeah, analytical. Totally. Um, with yourself, like challenge yourself to be analytical to the point where you 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 create a moment of awkwardness with yourself. It's like one of the most fun moments where you're like, wow. I'm, I think you realize like, oh, I'm a different person than I thought I was. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. a weird revelation. Yeah. But once you find yourself and you're like, 
no, it's okay. I'm a nerd. I like, I like these things. It's okay. Like, I finally have arrived. Now I can live and, and experience other people's lives without it necessarily changing who I am. Now I can, now I can uh, genuinely uh, appreciate other people yeah. because of you know who you are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like a journal is one way to do that. The other thing uh, I think if I could give one piece of advice is right now, whatever you're doing, reset and, and, and ask your question, am I, ask the question of yourself, am I proud of the work that I'm doing? Okay. I always ask my kids that because we make them fold laundry. Um, and each batch is a new experience. Amen. Yep. <laughs> like, no, and sometimes, sometimes no, we do it well. And sometimes no we no folding session is the same. It's right? yeah. like the other. So I'll walk through the living room and my kid who I have seen fold a towel perfectly. Yeah. I'll, look at the, I'll look at the pile and I'm like, hmm. and I'll, I'll ask him, hey, bud, are you proud of that? Like, would, if you, if, be honest. And it's usually he'll look at it and be like, no. So, you know, it's so I'm like, do it every time. Is it, is it, I don't know if it was, it was um, Socrates that said, right, the, uh, um, the unexamined life is not worth living. Hmm. And, and I think people think of that in a big picture, mm. right? But the reality is it's those small things. It's micro moments. Right. It's, those, it's a, those micro moments. It's those small things. It's that ability to look at, did I, did I give my best today? Am right? I happy with and, my work? Right. Yeah. And am, am I happy with who I am and mm-hmm. what I've done? And it's not the, are other people happy? I think right. we get lost yeah. in that so much, Absolutely. right? You know, are other people complimenting me? <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, I do a lot of presentations. Are other people happy with me? Right. And it's like, you know, you wait for feedback on presentations. Yeah. And my thing is always like, it doesn't really matter if it hits with somebody else or if it connects with somebody else or if I get a lot of likes from this or whatever. It's just, did I need to communicate what needed to be communicated? Mm. And sometimes, right, at work and at home, the message that I'm communicating isn't necessarily supposed to be well-received. But it's truthful and it's honest and it needs to be said. Correct. And so I think that concept, just from a man's perspective, right, so often we're placed in a situation where what we're offering isn't necessarily going to be received well or liked well, but Correct. it has to be done. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's a great reminder to us of, of do, doing the, that hard work and, and being um, satisfied and content with saying, okay, God, right, yeah. this, this is what I need to do. This is the work I have to do. And even if not everybody's going to like it, it needs to be done, and I'm going to be satisfied with mm. that work. And I like, right, that that work got done. And I folded that towel the right way, and nobody saw it, and nobody gave me a pat on the back. But you, but I know that I personally understand that you yes. put the effort in. Yes, and you can be okay with that. Yeah, I All think right. if you learn how to do that, that's that's incredible. That's an incredible life. Yes. So good. Well, thanks for the conversation. Absolutely. Thanks. That was I'm fun. glad you came into town, and we got to connect in person. Yep. Um, I can't, I can't. It's awesome. Can't believe it happened. It's so. so good. Well, and we'll do this again, again, Absolutely. probably in the near future. So. Yep. Maybe I'll bring my six crazy kids. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Give me warning. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Sir. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.